My dog just rolled around in a rotten duck egg. A rotten duck egg. Dogs are disgusting, man. This is the second rotten duck egg. Is that a real thing? Yeah, like the, the egg was rotten outside. He found it, broke it, and rolled around in it. Yeah, that that sounds Disgusting. like one of the worst scents of all time. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like that sounds foie gross. <laughs> Zach, don't. It's too early. No, is that not? Sorry, uh-uh. sorry. I, That's it. It's an instant, like just uncontrollable gag reflex. My pun or the egg? No, both. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. This is the Basketball Buds on the Athletic Podcast Network. They're going to say, this place is kind of dysfunctional. Right, and we hear from people all the time. We can't respond because of the NBA rules, etc. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Back-to-Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. Today, we've got Jay King. We've got Trevon Edwards. We've got the cultural anthropologist, Wazni Lambre, and whatever title he's given himself in the past week. We've got Dave DeFour, <laughs> Jade Hoyce pushing buttons. What's the new one, Waz? Sommelier, man. I just came back from Napa Valley, so oh, you, you can is, call yeah. me the big Sommelier, bro. The big Sommelier. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to call you that. You, you, can't, you can't have, like, a glass of wine and all of a sudden you're an expert. <laughs> so, oh, I got notes of... Like I feel like no offense, was I just feel like you're saying, "Oh yeah, I've got notes of grapes here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very nutty. I'm gonna double down on that and call Waz New World Waz because you're on the California side of the wine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On today's episode of uh, Basket Buds on Back to Back, uh, we've got guys not going to Orlando. So this is the this is the latest on star players in important players not going to Orlando. Uh last week we had Victor Oladipo say like look I just don't th- trust my body uh getting to where it needs to be and all this stuff and with everything going on and coronavirus hotbed, you know, everything going on, uh Vic decided to 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 pull out of Orlando and so the Pacers will be out be without their best player. Uh then we had this morning right before we Hopped on this uh, this old uh, Skype call. The Wizards announced that Bradley Beal won't play because of a shoulder injury, and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is not shoulder going to play injury. in Orlando. <laughs> right. Yeah, shoulder injury, and then uh, Spencer Dinwiddie has coronavirus. And according to Shams Charania, the Nets team doctors decided to have guard Spencer Dinwiddie sit the NBA restart out of an abundance of caution. Sources told him an abundance of caution. So, I guess I'll start with you, Jay. What is what is the abundance of caution with uh, Bradley Beal's shoulder injury, and then obviously Spencer Dinwiddie not playing? Is, does anyone want to watch this race for the eighth seed in the in the East? It's going to be horrible, and we could have told you it was going to be horrible from the time the NBA announced that there would be twenty two teams in the bubble, and that the twenty four and forty Wizards would be involved. We didn't know just how bad it would be, but when Bertans opted out. And Bradley Beal must have been sitting there looking like, why am I going to go into the bubble to play with Ish Smith and Troy Brown and Rui Hachimura? It just would have made no sense for him to risk injury over eight meaningless games. So we've got taken in the bubble. And I honestly, I think the NBA, I know why they did it for money and all that. But if you're trying to limit people in the bubble and you're trying to limit the risk, which would have, should have been the number one goal in all of this, then they should have put a line that did not include the Washington Wizards in this proposal. The Suns, the Wizards, <laughs> I know you want Zion in there, but couldn't we have done this with just 20 teams? And couldn't we have done this? But then I guess it would have been like the eight seeding games or whatever were totally meaningless in the East because then there wouldn't have been a single team to possibly threaten to get into the playoff standings. But still, I, I just think this was a bad, bad choice by the NBA, and the players recognize it, and the players are just sitting there like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit this one out. You know, I, I have so many questions about the Brad Beal of it. Um, does the quote-unquote so, shoulder injury make it so that he can still recoup the money? Yes. Yes, it um, does. Okay, so that and that's an important distinction, by the way. Um, it's different from Trevor Ariza and, you know, Avery Bradley and things of that nature. So that's important. And I'm happy for him because again, these games are so meaningless and part of it. What about the network's role in all of this? As far as like, (laughs) all right, we're going to make you honor the deal 
in order for us to give you guys the full value of what we promised you. I think they bear some responsibility in this too, because they're the ones that are just like, no, we want the content. No matter, you know, forget about the safety implications of it. Um, we, you guys signed a deal for this amount of content. Um, and we're wanting from you one way or another. And that's why you see this many teams. So, you know, ESPN and Turner bear some responsibility here, too, when it comes to like, all right, we're going to hold the the freaking, I don't know, the anvil over your head about the, the content that was promised. Should, should yeah. season ticket holders have not gotten a refund? Was? Oh, I'm sure they're getting a credit. Well, right. But so my, <laughs> my thing is like, if I'm the network and I'm playing devil's advocate here, but if I'm the network, right. I don't want to pay that money either. Right. Like uh, I'm paying right. for the service. The service isn't rendered. Why would I pay? And and then the league comes back with this plan to come back. And, you know, we've talked about this. Anything more than than the bare minimum necessary to finish the season was always a risk. And it was always a risk to even finish the season. So I, I think. Uh, but Dave, but Dave, they are doing the bare minimum. Twenty two is not the bare minimum. But you got to get you got to get those uh, you got to get those local TV contracts. They're doing the bare minimum to get those local TV contracts, right? And that so okay. that's helping out the the teams that have those regional those good regional deals. I mean, this is why they're even floating the idea of the Chicago bubble. But like, I, I mean, I think that if if you want to like, I mean, not to place blame, but if you want to say, you know, the weight of the decision is on the TV networks. I, I mean, I, I think that that's passing the buck a little bit from the teams who are. You know, they're they're saying this is a calculated risk for us. The players union is saying this is a calculated risk for us to come back and try to get that money. They're they're able to leave that money out there. They don't have to come back. I guess if I'm a TV network like Trey, Trey, we've talked about this a lot with uh, with the you know load management and everything. And now it's like a, a loud load management because of the circumstances and everything as they try to grab this money in Orlando. But Trey, if I'm a TV network like. I don't like I don't I don't think there's anything you can say here. Like the product's gonna be the product's gonna be iffy regardless. It doesn't matter if Bradley Beal's playing like no offense to to Bradley Beal in the in the Wizards, but like I don't think people are outside of DC are going, Oh, Bradley Beal's playing tonight against the against the Nets in this is Orlando restart. I'm gonna tune in. I think it's gonna be, oh yeah, we're we're all locked in here. I'm gonna tune in and watch Rui Hachimura or whoever. Like I don't I don't think it necessarily matters the product of the of the NBA and the quality of it as we get this restart because everyone's expecting it to be kind of rough. I mean, we're watching TBT, bro. Right? We'll take anything at this <laughs> and point. So, I'm, so and I'm not really, so I'm not <laughs> so I'm I'm not really complaining about what the Washington Wizards decide to send. It's basketball, and if and if I, if this thing can continue without anybody, you know, causing any more risk or anyone else catching COVID. Um, Throw them out there and play, you know what I mean? Like that, that to whoever it is, you know what I mean? If it's if if we if we get to watch the uh, young the the young draft pick out there do his thing and watch him grow as a player and they they get bounced, I mean we get these 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 eighth seeds all the time in, in, in playoff basketball and we're like how did they get there? And they're like they 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 did so well early in the season and they lose their star player and they still make it and we have to sit through the sweep. And we're like, hmm, maybe next year if they get their player, they'll be fine. I mean, you know, with the Wizards being there, whatever. They're just a shoe-in. And, I mean, I'm going to watch it just because I love basketball. And you guys mentioned it in the pre-call. This kind of exposes the issues with the NBA regular season in general. It's like we played 66 games, essentially. And all of us who follow the NBA realize, like, it was done. It was set in stone. Like, we basically were running out the string when the virus hit anyway. So the idea that we, in in a pandemic, would come back and try to play some of those games that we all know were meaningless. Like, we knew who the best teams were. They proved themselves over the course of 66 games um, before we realized the pandemic would shut everything down. And, like, you know, after the fact, it becomes like, wow, this is weird. These games that we knew were already meaningless are coming back in spite of you know claims of oh we're trying to do this as safe as possible it's like you know it's 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 ridiculous honestly um and i think you know hopefully going forward 
both the networks and the leagues uh, and the league, excuse me, uh, take a hard look at this, these games, man. Like, I, I did, like outside of the people who are basically like, we need 82 games of inventory, um, to make the money that we make. I've never heard a compelling case for 82 games. Like there is none outside of just straight up. We don't think reducing the inventory would allow us to make the same amount of money. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about what's sellable, right? Like, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it for the next TV contract. And I don't know how long this TV – I think this TV contract runs to, like, 2023 or something like that. I can't remember what how long it is, or maybe it's longer than that. Um, but if you're going to do it, you have to do it to where you repackage. Like, they're not going to – unless there's an extreme situation with the coronavirus and, and the pandemic for, you know, upcoming seasons, not just next season, but the, the one after that um, – Unless unless there's something that's altering the schedule, the reason they're not going to lop off 10, 15, whatever amount of games is because they haven't figured out how to repackage that and resell it with the advertisers. Right. So like they're they're not going to take a loss in the short term to satisfy a bunch of like basketball nerds who are like we're saying, oh, we've got too many games. We need to stop this, you know, load management, all this stuff like they're not going to do that. They're not going to take losses in the short term in terms of selling this stuff. The, the and, easy trick is to expand and balance the schedule and then add your tournament. I mean, like, there is a solution that involves fewer games. Yes, but you're but you're not going to do that until you can package that in a new team. Right, game. exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's hand in hand. And, you know, like any sort of short-term changes, um, like you just said, that aren't COVID-caused are just right. unrealistic. Which, you know. There could be a lot of upcoming COVID costs right. with, with the, the schedule and, yeah. and upcoming seasons. Like there, there probably there probably will be just outside of outside of next season. Um, I guess, man, in trying to look at how the NBA is going to handle this, like I was wondering who the the best player that that sat out was going to be, right? And so right now, that's Bradley Beal and and Victor Oladipo. Um, we have, we have Dwight Howard was kind of hemming and hawing about it. And he came out and said, uh, Dwight Howard flip-flopping. I've never seen shock, that before. I know. It's, it's shocking. Well, was, uh, I don't know if he's going back to, we need the, the cross on the NBA logo, but, uh, we'll, we'll, I guess, figure that out in, in Orlando. Uh, he's but, already going back on Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> I think he, I think he went back and came back and then went back again on Stan Van Gundy. Like he's, he's got a, he's just like, like just walking in and out of the door. He's just that Abe Simpson gif on of him going in and out of the restaurant with when it comes to Stan Van Gundy but this is what this is what Dwight said he's gonna play you know he was he was part of the voice um the collective voice saying like hey I don't know if we should play in this you know in this restart we can focus on other things and then he decided uh over the last couple of days to play and his quote was basketball or entertainment period isn't needed at this moment and will only be a distraction I would love nothing more than win my first NBA championship, but the unity of my people would be an even bigger championship. That's just too beautiful to pass up. What better time than now for us to be focusing on our families? This is a rare opportunity that I believe as we or we as a community should be taking full advantage of. When have we ever had this amount of time to sit and be with our family? This is where our unity starts at home with family. That's what he said when it came to this whole like restart thing and, you know, focusing on Black Lives Matter, focusing on um, police brutality and, and, the systemic racism and everything. And then he came out and, and said, all right, I'm going to play, but I'm going to donate my game checks to, to breathe again. And this loops in with the whole, like, you know, the messages that are being allowed on the jerseys and everything, but Dwight's going to play. And so Dwight isn't a great player anymore. He's a significant role player on a, on a great team, but he's still a big name. Like for the casual fan was like, do you think Dwight Howard deciding to play, registers or does it or is it just like oh yeah he's he's on lebron's team at this point because i feel like he's still a significant name even though he's not a good player anymore or not a great player anymore i think for the casual fan it's not going to register and 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 also i think a better bellwether for this was lou williams because he's a guy that voiced concerns about coming back except he's a leader on his team like, it's not that he's, you know, he is one of their best players, but like, you know, by being around the Clippers, Zach, that that team kind of, <laughs> they hate media, they don't like talking, they don't like doing this, but Lou Williams is one of the guys that will give you thoughtful responses, he'll talk about the ebbs and flows, he'll talk, he'll, yeah. he's 
He's, Lou and, he's Lou the and voice Beverly of the team. Do, yeah. Lou and Pat Beverly are basically like the voices of the team. And then the like, voices of you the let team. Paul George talk, uh, you know, ramble whenever he wants to. Right. And then, and then right. Kawhi just. And then know, Kawhi does his, right. his thing. Right. <laughs> but Lou Williams is the voice of the team. That's why I was watching that one a little bit more closely because. Let's face it, if Dwight Howard didn't play, like, remember they had to give him a, a, a whole speech and, and team players only meeting before they signed him about taking hoops seriously? Like, that's how his teammates feel about him. So I think if he didn't play, he didn't play. Lou Will is somebody who everybody on that team has an immense amount of respect for him. And so if he wouldn't have played, I would have been like, wow, that's, you know, that's significant there. And he is playing. You know, and so, you know, I, I think that's the greater bellwether for me about how these guys on teams that are actually, you know, serious, seriously good teams feel about playing. And it seems like they're all on one accord, like, let's play, let's hoop, let's make this thing happen. See, I think I think that Dwight Howard, I don't know about the casual fans, but him deciding to play, I think, was a very big deal for the Lakers. And I say that because with Avery Bradley out, their wings are kind of suspect. The depth there just doesn't really exist unless you want to believe in Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith and that they can help help that team. I'm not sold, certainly, by either of those guys. To me, like they need to play big because they don't have great wings. And being able to play JaVale McGee, being able to play Dwight Howard alongside Anthony Davis for 48 minutes if you need to, that's a big deal. And then like the Lakers are huge. They are huge, and their defense is great, 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 partly because of that. So I think this Dwight thing was a very, very big deal from a basketball standpoint. Yeah, I th- I've had him uh, as, if not my sixth man of the year, really, really close to it. He, he was super important for them. Uh, I mean, he's important. I I mean, I guess I guess this ties into what, what the importance I is. I need but to hear the rest of Dave DeFore's sixth man list, by the way, if Dwight Howard's way up there. He's important right. because JaVale It's, it's about option, JaVale. Right? Like, yeah, right. They're going to close games. I, I think they're going to close a lot of games with Dwight at the five. I mean, he, he was really good this season, and, and part of that was, you know, sticking to his role. But, um, I mean, he was, he was as effective as we've seen him in years. Part of that probably health and, you know, coming in. He's lost 40 pounds every year for the last eight years or something. I mean, it's amazing he's still able to play. But this year, like, he really, like, you could see the difference in his body and his back held up. And, and I think that... You know, him playing probably makes the the Lakers the favorite to come out of the West for me. That was where I was sitting with it. Um, You know, if he wasn't going to play, it was going to hurt him big time. The versatility that he allows for the team, right? Like when you can play multiple ways in a playoff series, that is so key. We've seen that so many times over the years where a team is able to switch styles mid-series and it makes all the difference, right? I think about Toronto last year. Um playing Powell and um, Serge Ibaka together against the Sixers, right? Like, sometimes you got to make adjustments depending on the series. And having Dwight, who was clearly probably, I mean, he was so good on defense for them. Um, Just as good as AD at times, if not better, especially to start the season. Um, And so, you know, what he does for them uh, as far as guarding the paint, it allows for them to be, you know, a more versatile group and, and that may ultimately makes them a better team. So I, I, I tend to agree with Dave on that point, but I don't know. I'll, I don't know if casual cats understand the nuance of that. I was going to say, I'm not going to go piping hot with Dave and say six man of the year. Um, but he played very inspired. Um, he was a very uh, energetic guy. Um, he has tons of experience. Um, and then you also have to think about Anthony Davis, um, how his body, you know, I mean, obviously he hasn't, you know, with this time off, obviously, you know, you look at it like, okay, it works in his favor and it works in the rest of the Lakers favor as far as recovery time. Um, but he'll, he'll shoulder some of that, some of that uh, front court responsibilities as far as, you know I mean? Rebounds and, and, you know, high intensity uh, protecting the rim. Um, and like Jay said, um, pretty much saving the wings, you know, if they can't defend, um, and it definitely helps them in a, a a huge way. You know, I mean, if you lose Dwight Howard and say he said he decided to sit out, then you have to rely on, you know, JaVale McGee and then possibly moving Anthony Davis to some of those, you know, uh, backup center minutes when 
JaVale is in foul trouble. And then also Kyle Kuzma, where they get even smaller. Um, so this, this keeps their height and, um, you know, contends, continues to, to, to keep their momentum going of what, how, how, how good they were playing with Dwight, you know, as, as he was enjoying basketball himself. I agree with everything you guys said. He plays 19 minutes a game. Like, I mean, a quality 19, a quality 19, but like plays 19 minutes a game. And, and, but, but I'm just saying that's, that's good yeah. for what you're I'm asking just, I'm, for I'm, in a year. For sure. I'm just talking about like how the awards consideration, like, oh yeah, no, nah, yeah. Nah. Well, he doesn't <laughs> score enough to actually win, but I mean, I I'm not he, voting play, on that. he plays 19 minutes a game. Oh yeah, but it's, a, it's an impactful 19 minutes. Does, but, yeah. but Dave, you can't put him in the same breath as Montrez and Luke. You can't, you can't. The hell I can't. The hell I can't. That defense is excellent because Dwight Howard is able to come in and keep the level high. I mean, the fact that they, that, like you said, they, he gives them that versatility. Listen, Dennis Schroeder, I think, is probably going to wind up winning the award. He was excellent this year. Uh, and I'm and, not mad at that. And actually defended yeah. really well, too. Uh, but, I, but I think Dwight gets overlooked a little bit, partly because he doesn't score as much. He's not playing as much as those guys, but his role is different. I mean, you know, we undervalue defense in the media. We undervalue defense in highlights and like every single way. I try not to, man. I think Dwight was excellent this year, I and I put him in the same conversation. I'm a defense fetishist. Who, who undervalues you? defense in the media? How dare you? Oh, plenty of people do. Who? People Absolutely. Do. People definitely do. What are you talking All we talk about is defense wins championships. We throw that bullshit-ass saying well, that's out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, offense wins championships, but <laughs> defense is important. <laughs> that's the thing about that, Zach. Right. It's actually false. <laughs> <laughs> when you can't score, you can't do shit no but i i understand what dave is saying um definitely if you if if you watch the lakers at all this season you realize that dwight howard was super important to what they do but that being said and to zach's point about the minutes i think the best version of the lakers is a lineup that's ad at the five Bron at the four or whatever we're calling lebron's position because yeah. he's going to handle the rock anyway right and the best combination of wing defense and shooting that yeah. they can. That's Dion and J.R. Smith are out there at the same time. I agree. Dion- <laughs> <laughs> now, are we talking about chance to win a championship or just for my entertainment here? Which one are we talking? Because with Dion and J.R. Smith in the same lineup is just so much. It was. It's a. It's. With those two, I, if those two get on the floor, it's gonna be a, maybe uh, they matured over the sure, uh, pandemic. Oh, sure, of course. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Try. Um, I don't know, uh, man. It, no, you I know, do. you pick up some books and Trey, become a better basketball Trey, I player. I know. I can tell you, <laughs> they did not. Um, no, those two on the floor would be a hairy situation. You know, it's not a hairy situation. Your body after you using Manscaped, guys. Because you should be smooth as eggs with Manscaped. It is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. We're still quarantined. We're still self-isolating. You got to stay inside. You got to wear a mask. But you don't need a mask that is hair on your body. You got to get rid of it. Look, if you're quarantined with someone, just, 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 you know, shave it up a little bit. Waz, you gotta you gotta keep things fresh, keep things spicy, you know. Of course, you gotta you surprise gotta your, your significant other, and use use Manscaped to surprise. And and it's always it's always a nice surprise when everything is just looks clean, man. Clean shaven face, clean shaven body. It's just you just always want to look clean, and and I think that's the key. And Manscaped makes it easy. That's the most important part. Um, a lot of times, man, if you are fr- if this is your first time doing this, any of this type of grooming. You might get some nicks and some oh, cuts. Oh man, you and, can't and, just go with and, you can't just go with like a basic ass like razor from the store. No, 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 and no, 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 You're no, gonna no. you're gonna switch things up. That's not how. That's it when works. mistakes happen. Mm. Um, Manscape allows you, especially with the 3.0, it allows you to just not have to worry about these safety issues, and you're gonna get a clean cut. It's it's incredible, man. Easy to use, ease of use, quality of the product is second to none. So was I've been you know I uh, stupidly I didn't know. That the lawnmower 3.0 was waterproof, so I've been doing wow. this thing in my in my bathroom, like a, you know, like over a garbage can, like I'm like I'm a like I'm an idiot. So I so found you out, I found out this thing is? was waterproof. Went into the shower. Woo! That's crazy. Oh, I did not know. I did not know that. What I was doing was actually doing it on the bowl. Oh, right. Okay. Like just so straight to the bowl, <laughs> flush and keep it pushing. Oh, I was trying to be economical with that. Yeah. See, yeah I don't yeah, have the, yeah, I don't have the, the mirror shower. by the toilet. That's convenient. So I've just had to like put this little, you know, this little waste basket. 
underneath, oh, and then you just you got to sweep up whatever stragglers came. The waterproof is that's a game changer. Oh man, it's a game changer for sure, and it's skin safe technology. It, there are no accidents. There are no nicks. Like this isn't a nicks tape, guys. There are no issues. No James Dolan. No no blood coming off your your package. Like none of that stuff. It is. Oh my god, it's so easy to use. And after Jay, you got to treat yourself with the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-shave or an anti-chafing ball deodorant. Let me tell you this, Jay. Yes. Your balls will never be happier than with this deodorant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the balls smell good, everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Absolutely. You can subscribe to the perfect package and get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And Dave, I know you've been wondering like, hey, I wonder if I could get not one, but two free gifts. I mean, Wait, you, were, you were texting that on. earlier. I was. I was curious what the free gifts were. Okay. You get the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value. $39 value. That's free. You're getting that. But you're also getting the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Which, by the way, I actually got those, and they are fantastic. This is not a part of the ad. This is 100%. They are They're excellent. So comfortable. They are amazing. They're so comfortable, yeah. If Manscaped is listening, send me more. Fantastic. Yes, exactly. Send more. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. And for a limited time, subscribers, again, get not one, but two free gifts. The travel bag, which is $39 value, and the anti-chafing, high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs. Go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC. I'm use the code the athletic. Um, something that I've been I've been trying to figure out, and there is actually no, we can transition this way uh, before we get to something a little bit more serious. Um, it's still very serious that we're getting more and more positive coronavirus uh, tests uh, test results, and Dave, like we know that the NBA has built this into the schedule, right? Right. There's a reason why it was like, Hey, we're coming, we're coming back in like 50 days. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it was originally because they knew you got to get guys back. You're going to have positive tests. They've got to be able to quarantine. Um, but I wonder if part of this has been facilities shutting down because right. of the 22 teams coming to Orlando, seven have now shut down their facilities due to positive tests. We had the Kings do it, the bucks, the heat, the Clippers, uh, the Denver nuggets, Phoenix suns, and the Brooklyn nets. Um, have all shut down their facilities, yeah. and I think at this point they're not reopening until uh, they're not reopening before they travel to Orlando this week. And so, does that make you more hesitant? Because every time it happens, it, like, yeah. you can't you can't go off social media reactions because people will just freak out just to freak out and get attention. But you, as soon as like another one is announced, you get the oh cancel cancel sports twenty twenty. Um, no one should come back. Shut this thing down. This thing's getting shut down, and it may get shut down. Mm-hmm. I still think we're going to come back and, and get on the court before um, before the NBA decides to possibly shut this thing down again. Uh, but has has this news of practice facilities shutting down changed your perspective on any of this stuff coming back or or enduring through this pandemic? No, it hasn't. And, and part of it, I think, is you know the reactions are because of the way the news is is kind of put out there. And it makes it seem like these are outbreaks, like someone is bringing it into the facility and spreading it. That's not happening. These guys are still not practicing together. They're still limiting the number of coaches, number of people in the building. These are just tests. Like people are testing positive, just like they are all over the country. These guys just happen to be NBA players who are able to find out when they're asymptomatic in part. And this is this is not me like caping for the league here, but in part because the league is coming back. I mean, there were guys testing positive on day one, asymptomatic. My assumption is they weren't going to go get their own test done to find out if they had it or not, if there was no season. How many people, you know, how many people are are they stopping from from catching it in these players' families because they're finding out? And I, this is just trying to look at the, you know, with rose-colored glasses here. But, um, you know, shutting it down is more about what is happening outside of the facility than inside the facility. And I think if the league, you know, almost like uh, ripping the Band-Aid off was a little bit more open about about these positive tests and the nature of them, then it the the public backlash toward them wouldn't be the same. But, it, you know, things coming out in bits and pieces and, you know, uh, the way that the, the Nets have 
they've released, you know, that they had positive tests and then the players came out separately. And it's just it, it, the piecemeal information uh, release schedule ha- has really tainted the public's perception of this whole thing. I think it's actually increased my optimism in the way the NBA is handling mm-hmm. things just because they're taking it seriously. And like it, it like Dave said, it, it hasn't been huge outbreaks in the facilities. They're still shutting them down. They're still keeping the players out of the gym. They're still operating in a way that's in the best interest of the safety of everybody. And I think that should be most important right now. I think also like teams are traveling to Orlando in just a few days. So shutting down the facilities at the time these teams did isn't a huge, huge deal. It's just a few days that guys won't be able to have individual workouts in their own practice facility. It's not like these teams are practicing. It's not like these teams are even, you know, allowed to play like four on four. <laughs> so I, 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 in a weird way, this actually increases my optimism that the NBA might handle things in a, a safe manner when issues do pop up in the bubble, assuming that they will. And I think we can all agree that at some point, something's going to pop up inside that bubble. Trey, I'm, I'm curious if you think like players are players react to the news of these positive tests. Right. If that if that informs like a decision for uh, obviously Spencer Dinwiddie having it um, and experience, you know, chest tightness and fever and everything uh, informed his decision on on whether or not to play in Orlando and and make that comeback. But with like Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal has a quote unquote shoulder injury. And I'm sure he does. I don't think they're making up an injury. I do wonder how much that, um, you know, how much that keeps him from actually being able to play and, and play comfortably or if he looks at the news of what's going on in Orlando. If he looks at the news of what's going on with positive tests and decides like, ah, that's affected my decision. Like, I wonder how much players are influenced by this news. Um, I'm sure he's probably played through some nagging stuff. Um, but then he also has to factor in COVID. He has to factor in his beliefs. Right. Um, it's it's so many it's so many layers to it. I mean, obviously he they've kind of worked the language around so they can still get paid, which is good for him. Um, but it it just isn't worth it, especially if they're going to do the long term gamble with him and try to keep him in Washington. He should have any choice he wants to make. You know what I mean? Like, and if you're a fan that feels bad, feels upset about that, then then you're really not a Bradley Bill fan. You know what I mean? You you should be thinking of him not playing meaningless basketball. You know what I mean? And they have an interesting decision moving forward. If they do get this season, we'll have this Disney Cup played and then go into the following season. You want to have a both healthy John Wall and Bradley Bill come December 1st. I am, I'm uncomfortable that teams have obviously granted stars the power to sit out and get paid. Like Bradley Beal sits out, they, I'm I'm assuming it's a fake shoulder injury, and they're still going to pay him. Other players don't really have that choice, and and that makes me uncomfortable because the the guys on minimum contracts, the younger players, the guys who don't have that st- stability and and that standing in the league, they're basically forced to go in the bubble. They don't have a choice like Bradley Beal does, and. They either have to give up their pay, or they just have to to deal with it. And Jay, that sounds like America. I was going to say it's a dirty yeah, it little really secret does. about. Like, I mean, I mean, because that's just like essential workers, and just right. like, look, man, everybody should be at the crib until we figure this all out. Um, but that's just how the cookie crumbles. Well, sadly, not every player has agency. That's the thing. Like we talk a lot about player agency, but it's concentrated at the top. This is another example yeah. of it. And and normally, like, yeah, Bradley Beal, he deserves that, and he deserves that respect. And obviously, he's the biggest piece for the Wizards franchise right now. I think it's in the best interest of him. I think it's in the best interest of that team that he sits out, avoids injury, avoids anything catastrophic for a team that has no chance. So I get it. But given the circumstances, given that players are going to have to sacrifice as much as they are to stay away from families and friends, it just makes me uncomfortable that that guys basically have that much pressure 
to go to the bubble and 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 do their jobs and other players it's just like yeah whatever this is this is useless for me and and for those teams it really is useless and still players feel that pressure to go to the bubble so it it just I understand it, but it just makes me uncomfortable. Jay, you keep saying the Wizards have no chance. They're going against Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and the Long Island Nets, the G League team. Like they got all they got all the chance in the world, baby. Plus, Ish Smith is oh. going to get oh. buckets. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Somehow, Jay just got hacked by Tom Haverstrow of NBC Sports. <laughs> this is going to be the Ish Smith show. <laughs> I guess I'm I'm a little bit confused and ignorant as to how they were handling it in the first place. It seems strange to me that they would um, have had guys practicing together before conducting the test. Um, am, am I confused about that? Like, did they start well, they're, they're, they're always before? doing rounds of tests now, right? They're getting okay. tested constantly. So, yeah, I think you're just going to keep getting new cases regardless. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's my understanding of it. Which doesn't seem like that big of a deal. <laughs> like that somebody might um test positive if they're constantly doing the tests um that that seems like a given no right that's am, the, am, that's am the whole point of doing the tests right you <laughs> right. want to catch them right yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i yeah i i don't know i i try to avoid looking at the reaction to all this stuff right now just because i don't want it to it's funny because I don't want it to taint how how I react to to the news being put out there, but also the way certain news is put out there does come kind of like hoping to spin it in a way like the NBA wants all this stuff to remain positive, right? Like the NBA wants this messaging to remain positive and hopeful and optimistic as as we get get to Orlando um, and get these games on, but. Um, so like there's some spin in how that's delivered. There's spin in how, you know, people who want things shut down for for the good of the country and like, hey, we no one needs to be out there. We don't need this stuff right now. We'll watch the basketball tournament instead. We'll watch, uh, you know, the, we'll watch the mobile white guy get praised by Dan Dakich on, you know, on uh, <laughs> on ESPN all weekend. Like that's like that's what we'll that's what we'll watch instead. And um, and so like for me, I'm trying to like. It sounds stupid, but like, while I'm trying to keep a myopic viewpoint of all this news, like I'm trying to have tunnel vision on it because I don't want to get influenced by yeah, outside forces. Um, and I don't even know if that's the right approach. I just for I think for me that's how I'm approaching it in terms of how I want to decipher what the news means for for everything moving forward. And not even for me, like I don't care about what it means for me, but just like what this means for how this stuff comes back. Yeah, I'm, I, I totally agree. Uh, the the practice facilities closing, like again, that just seems like precautionary. I know, again, like I'm I'm on Twitter enough that I see, what are you guys doing? Why are you guys even doing this? I see all of that. Um, and it's, it's always money. This, the answer is always money. We, <laughs> we've is that that's always the answer, and we've banged that drum here enough times already on on this particular show that it's about. Recouping that bread, so yeah. it is what it is. Someone, someone got mad at, uh, at me and Dave. A shocker, I know. But someone oh, got yeah. mad at me and Dave in my DMs, like uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. After I had we the did same the thing. Ding, <laughs> yeah. um, saying, "Hey, you guys, you guys have just glossed over the human aspect of it, and you know, not talked about this is a money grab or whatever." I was like, "I've said this on NBA Radio for three months. Maybe we didn't talk about it on like uh, check our timeline. That's all we talk about." Is that this is a money grab? Well, like, right. Play. So, I mean, I live. Listen, I live in reality, and I this is happening. This is happening whether I think it's a good idea or not. I've pointed right. out. I've pointed <laughs> out the issues. I'm right. not going to say. Right. Oh, you know what? I was listening to the NBA Daily Ding, and right. Zach and Dave said, "Yeah, well, this doesn't sound right." Or, to us, hey, so we're and even, by the way, and rightfully so. I am not an epidemiologist. <laughs> I am not working on a, a COVID nineteen vaccine. Uh, right. I'm assuming that those people were in the room when the NBA came up with this plan, and the ones that I've talked to publicly and on various podcasts that you can find on the Athletic Podcast Network. All support the NBA's plan. I don't know what else people want us to do. I don't know what else <laughs> yeah, they want I, the NBA I, to I do. I don't want the NBA to come back this year. I mean, yeah, I do, yeah. but like, be, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's safe. But it's also like, yeah, it is kind of like a. What are we going to do? 
Like, am I going to boycott the NBA? They're going to be like, oh, Zach's not watching. I guess we got to change our billion-dollar business plan here. Like, no, that's not how it's going to work. That's also not my job. Right. Like, I I voice my opinion on it. They don't give a shit. And so there we go. Now we just move on. Right, like I, so, it's a it's a weird thing. Um, I do want to get to this. Oh, there is no easy transition for this, but so have you guys seen the approved messages from the NBA? Which doesn't sound like this is such a weird thing in terms of like the social reform and social justice oh, stuff. Is that there were approved messages, and we talked about this last week of how, um, you know, John Morant <laughs> retweeted liked the 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 fuck twelve. Um, jersey for you know youthful exuberance, up. Zach. Youthful exuberance. Yes, there was youthful exuberance, right? And so, like, obviously, you can't have that on a jersey. And so, the NBA approved these messages. Here, the, here's everything that's approved that can go on the jerseys: Black Lives Matter, say their names, vote, I can't breathe, justice, peace, equality, freedom, enough, power to the people, justice now. Say her name, si se puede, which means yes, we can. Uh, liberation, what? see us, hear us, respect us, love us, listen, listen to us, stand up, ally, anti racist, I am a man, speak up, how many more, education reform, mentor, and my favorite one, group economics. Group economics. Can, oh, can I ask a question? God. Isn't it yes. more important how many zeros the NBA writes on the check than what these guys put on the back of their jersey? Like spend, spend your money. That's, that's the percent, thing. Like, there will be no more sliding into the DMs to talk to <laughs> pretend that Dave DeFore ha- does not talk about the NBA economic. <laughs> I mean, really, like well, just spend well, your money. Dave, yeah, Dave. That's the thing. Is like okay, all this stuff on the surface is fun, right? Like it's it's fine, it's good, it it helps things. Um, it helps bring awareness and you're going to put black lives matter on the court and all that. Yeah. I'm, I'm for all that. But I think we talked about this last week. I know mm-hmm. I've talked it on the, on the radio with, with Amina Hassan, um, is all this stuff is fine, but none of it is actually all that meaningful and doesn't enact change. It brings awareness and awareness is good, but you have NBA owners with access to real change makers right. in this country. Put pressure on them to do stuff. Put pressure on them to donate their money properly. Put like, I mean, Mike Scott, this is from Rich Hoffman of The Athletic. I think there was a Zoom call. Mike Scott came out and said, I don't know. They gave us some names and phrases to put on the back of jerseys. That was terrible. It was a bad list, bad choice. They didn't give players a chance to voice their opinion. They just gave us a list to pick from. So that was bad. That's terrible. So like if you're going to do this and have these approved messages from the NBA – Shouldn't you at least get more input and more influence? Like uh, the fact that, look, you like you're not going to allow swearing and stuff. But outside of that, I can't I can't imagine like the players association saying like, oh yeah, just tell us what we can put on there. It's, That's insane. It's like a we social talk- media manager came up with this stuff, right? Yeah, they just looked at what was trending. Yeah, we're going to we see. Talk- oh, you you see all these nice photos and you know it'll be there on the back of the jersey, and I could see them selling this idea. How many players did they talk to about this? We we talked about this last week. It seemed like a superficial gesture from the start. Yes. From the NBA. And it seemed like something they did to appease the players, something they did to try to convince the players that they would help them fight for social justice. But when it comes down to it, the NBA does not want things to get uncomfortable. And they want players to be able to speak up, but they don't want them to say uncomfortable things and i think i think that's a real miss by the nba huge miss like why did colin kaepernick's protest make so much noise and make so much difference it was because he made people uncomfortable it was because people didn't like it it was because he did something that ruffled feathers and made people start to talk about something that's really really serious and like if if you just approve messages that are just going to keep people feeling comfortable that doesn't matter. Like it can raise awareness. Maybe it makes a tiny bit of difference, but in the end, it's just superficial. You should, they should let the players have, have more input and they should let the players have more freedom to, to put messages on the backs of their jerseys that 
actually could make a difference. I think not playing the national anthem before these games that have no fans there would make a bigger statement than whatever they're going to put on the back of the jerseys. Um, yeah, because listen, this stuff. Has, I don't even like, like at this point, Dave. Though my thing is, I don't trust either entity to handle this correctly. Yes. I don't trust the players to come up with something meaningful to say on a jersey because that's going to be very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. I like I agree. Like it, it like I'm talking about PR professionals would spend weeks crafting this. You understand like people who do this for a living and are good at it would sp- have to spend a significant portion of time and energy thinking up ways to make this thing meaningful and land right. So the idea that the players would just come out and just do some shit and it would be great. Mm, I don't feel that way. And I definitely, definitely don't want the league offices, the brainstorming ideas of cool jerseys to, to come up with. That's the last thing I want. So I, I just wish, I kind of just wish they just, would drop the whole thing just like this idea of because yeah. i think we've moved past the idea of the games being a distraction so we don't need to sort of entertain this farce anymore yeah how about using television broadcasts and and, and bringing on politicians and policy makers and holding their feet to the fire a little bit you know do that work with your media partners do stuff like yeah. that it's going to go well, a longer way than whatever they put know. on the back of a jersey. I don't know if I don't, but I don't even know. Like Trey, I don't know if that's something that would even register with fans. Like I, I think like to Jay's point, like the reason Kaepernick's you know message and, and protest was so effective is it made people uncomfortable. Trey, if I'm if I'm the NBA and I actually want to make this matter, one, I don't do approved messages outside of like swearing, and two, I would I would almost double down and be like like yeah, they can put what they want on there. And and you you say you don't like it, but your ass is locked inside the house right now because of the coronavirus pandemic. I dare you to go watch something else than live sports on TV because live sports is the is the only thing that's essentially like you know, uh, kind of this era proof, right? Where people don't watch commercials and people don't like people you know kind of it's a la carte and everything. But live sports are the one thing that endure whether ratings are up or down like you're still getting more people watching live sports than watching anything else and trey if i was the nba i would say oh you're uncomfortable right now good we're gonna make you uncomfortable because you have no other choice than to watch this yeah i mean i'm just so tired of the cosmetic stuff i mean it, it it i feel nothing people are still dying every day um black lives matter on the court makes me feel no better um a gesture or a one minute video of seven guys saying that our lives matter does not make me feel better um i mean i i threw out a wild idea and it obviously it won't come to life um but if they really care about you know since the league is high 70 percent african-american and um they really care about you know doing something i felt that whether they choose some pre pre list or whatever these guys get to choose i felt like they should have auctioned these jerseys because obviously it's supposed to be for you have a four game option to continue to wear it for the rest of the season after four games um which i think is also just dumb um but that if, you know, like guys that actually are superstars in this league and they auction their jerseys with these these messages on it, um, I think the proceeds should have, you know, if they did an auction, the proceeds, and then the NBA double that. Right. And then give it to some, something that matters towards the African-American um, community. Yeah, do it to fight I, voter suppression which, or whatever, right? Like, well, do my, my, my thing was, okay, since it's African-American athletes i thought that it should fund hbcus um they have very poor uh facilities and not just basketball i felt like you know possibly the proceeds being distributed to those universities you know what i mean like i felt like at, at least you know you're highlighting um 
African-American sports. You know what I mean? Like if it's going to be like a, hey, we're, we're, we're sports and we want to support, you know, the black community or whatever, you know, the, the black race in that issue, then you're actually doing it towards a good cause. You know what I mean? Because like, obviously, um, that's, that's just one little small smidget in it, in it and it stays in the unison of sports, you know what I mean? But, yeah. uh, obviously that's just an idea. Um, but it's like, I, I'm not sure who said it. I think it was was that even with the weeks given PRs, it is a tough job to please everyone. Um, and we all know that, you know what I mean? Like even with Jay saying that certain guys, you know, like it's not fair to, to guys that don't get the option to not go to the bubble and play. It's a business and they have money to be make, made, you know what I mean? Because obviously they're playing catch up or it's going to be an IOU yeah. and they need this to mark. They need this to, to work. And if it's a small pacifier to say, hey, look, we did this gesture and this will, you know, once these games start, people will be happy again. Some of this stuff is going to be swept under the rug, sadly. Oh, for sure. I've seen it happen years and years and years and years. And I mean, like I said, life goes on. Um, but I wish it was a better way. Um, so I, I don't I don't think it's a possible way to get it right. Um, regardless, because Stuff is going to continue to happen every day. Um, and the NBA is going to continue to happen. Like yeah. There's going to be continual league. LeBron James can retire tomorrow. We'll say, dang, we'll finally give him his flowers, which he thinks that he doesn't get his flowers as is. But we'll give him his flowers, and then there will be another guy that we will continue to watch. And this game will continue to go. Right. And people will continue to die. So it is what it is. But yeah. that's just the harsh reality of it. Yeah, and I don't know if it's even fair to – well, I, don't know, I, don't know. I was going to say I don't even know if it's fair to put that on the NBA to like, hey, you have to cut, you have to solve yeah, this it's problem. Yeah, it's just but a league. It, yeah, but at the same time, like it's just like you should do more. Like I'm not, I'm not asking the NBA to solve systemic racism, but you need to do more than just like here's some – here are 20 things you can put on your jersey, right? Like well, you, I, you know, pick, pick I one think of those. I think their pat on the back is like, hey, we outdid the NFL. Right, but that – oh, my God, what a small – like hurdle to Jesus clear, Christ. right? Like that's, that, that's, like that's, we can't, we can't but, be making but, that. But like, I do think like Trey, Trey's right though. Like some people are just like, Hey, they did more than the NFL. It's like, okay. Yep. And that's, and that's the thing because there's a lot of people like there's people sitting on their couch while I was like, yes, see, this is why I love the NBA. They got it right. <laughs> they got it right. And you're like, you know, because there are a lot of, I'm looking at my timeline and they're like, oh, even man, though they stole man. this idea from the WNBA, yeah. they right. did it right. And I'm just shaking my head because I'm like, okay, if I look at my other timeline that is not basketball, there's more viral uh, videos of more social stuff going on. Right. There's protests still going on. There's deaths still going on. There's people wrongfully accused still going on. People going to jail for, the, you know, accused of just being black. You know what I mean? So it's a way bigger issue that I don't know if it, it will actually change in our lifetime. I mean, I do see a few things changed, you know what I mean? But like, obviously these statues and other stuff, like, I mean, I think that this has went away. Obviously this conversation has went away from basketball and it's, it's, it's so big and, you know, so many different weblings to, to, to bring towards it that, you know, I, I don't think it's honestly fair for the NBA to embody it all. Um, cause they can't, you know what I mean? But, but uh, in a perfect world, we would want them to do more. Yeah. Was, uh, if you're a white player, do you have to put ally on your jersey? <laughs> That's so nasty. I was just thinking <laughs> like JJ Reddick has to put ally, right? Or black lives matter. <laughs> JJ Reddick. Let JJ do his thing. <laughs> Shouts to, shouts, <laughs> hey, shouts to JJ Reddick though. He has been a little bit vocal. No, J- JJ's fantastic with the stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been doing his thing for years now. He's definitely been one of the people that wasn't afraid to, yeah. you know, um, back his teammates and, and and talk about like you know like the, the 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 black man's plight in America. He's definitely been one of the players. He's no Spencer Hawes. Let's just say that. 
That guy. Spencer Hawes was. Uh, I, I actually now I'm going to check his timeline. I just got to know. I got to know, know Spencer Hawes. Been up oh, there. the Spencer Hawes Twitter check. This could be electric. What do you find him, man? Any anything good? I don't know if he has Twitter anymore. I, I think they ran him off. He might be on that Reddit. Would be smite. That would be smart. He went I to parlay that off. <laughs> I can't find like a or maybe he blocked. It's also possible he blocked me. Oh no. Oh. Oh wait. Well, this is uh, this Ooh. is a shock. So his name right now is wear a damn mask. That okay. I did not see coming. Wow, that's 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 interesting. See, we're we're able to be surprised, huh? Yeah, it's a lot of like mask stuff. Spencer Hawes, the mask man. Yeah, it's a lot of mask stuff right now. What's okay. crazy is he gets a lot of he gets a lot of support from his uh, UW people. Um, he, and he asked Jeff Bezos to buy an NBA team and. Bring him to Seattle. Yeah, he's he's a he's big on Seattle yeah. stuff. So obviously, those Seattle guys stick together, though. I mean, they do. Although yeah. he although he probably, you know, obviously was on the nasty end of what he wanted to die on his hill. Um, I think he's kind of come around. He probably has maybe eight percent of that still in his heart. Um, but I'm sure he's kind of talked to whoever he needed to talk to, and now he's pro mask and whatever pro needs to be in in this climate right now. So I don't think we're going to find any um, interesting conversations from Mr. Halls. Oh, man. He, he, he is pro Ken Griffey Jr. He's pro Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's sad. Uh, he's pro or he's anti Jerry Sloan dying. He's pro helping Detlef Shrimp in, an, in some kind of auction. Shouts to, <laughs> to Detlef Shrimp. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 figured out the internet thing. That's good. I'm That's just, a I'm good not. sign. That's a positive <laughs> sign. Honestly, yeah. I'm not front like like I'm not even just saying that. Like that's. That's a positive sign. Because was he was fourteen when he did it? No, <laughs> no he, he was a grown ass man. <laughs> he was a gr- he was definitely a grown ass man. He was fourteen. He didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. He's he's a different person now at thirty four. That's funny. Yeah, I don't see. I don't. I don't see any anything on the protests. So that's something. Would you rather no message than a bad message? Yes. You know? Yeah, I mean, always, that's something. Yeah. Always, always, always. I, I kind of get annoyed when people expect certain people to quote unquote say something. Um, Not everybody has the words. Not everybody's equipped for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, it kind of gets on my nerves. It's like, why aren't you speaking up? It's like, yeah, relax. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes people need some time and. I don't know why we would ever want Spencer Hawes to rush into a, <laughs> a message. That's all. I, that's all I'll say for that. Um, all right, we got we got uh, we got two more things quickly. Jay, your reaction to Zion Williamson being chiseled? Uh, I I am no longer surprised that players are getting in great shape during quarantine. At first, I thought everyone was just going to come back fat. Chunky, out of shape, especially guys like Jokic, Marcus All, Zion, Joel Embiid. But it seems like everyone's gone the other way. And like Zion slimming down a little bit, that is the biggest deal. Because it doesn't matter what weight he is, he's going to be the freakiest of freak athletes. He's going to be the most explosive man on earth. He's going to dunk on people's heads. The real reason why it matters is the injury stuff. Every pound that he sheds is less pressure on his knees, less pressure on his joints. But Jay, did he and did he actually shed any weight? He might I don't know if he shed same. weight, but he is shredded. He's just shredded. He's just cut now. Is enormous. He's looking like a young uh, Dave DeFore out there. <laughs> yeah, young Dave DeFore. Yeah, really. they said he's down 15 pounds total. I think that's, I mean, it's fantastic. For, especially for long term. So, so what? Do, what? Do, wait. What career. do we think that means? Where if he's down fifteen pounds? Well, they, they put it out as that. 
down like, 25 pounds of fat and up 10 right. pounds of muscle, but it doesn't work that way. But I mean, if he's legitimately down 15 pounds, I mean, oh, what Let's is he, 265, 265, 270? Right. If I put it at 265, Trey, are you going over or under Zion's weight at, at 265? Actually, let's put it so 270. Let's put it 270. Yeah. Let's put it he's 270. Over. over. He's like, he's like looking yeah. at Wolverine's attributes where you see that he's 5'3", 300 pounds. And you're just like, how is he 5'3", 300 pounds? Well, that's all the that's adamantium. Like, yeah, that's all the metal in him. All right, so you're going like that, over. Yeah, I'm going over for sure. Uh, Waz, over, over, over 270. For Zion Williamson? Yeah. If, he, if he's lost 15 pounds. We'll say if he's lost 15. Oh, if he's lost 15 Pounds, he is probably nah. He's still over. He's over. He's okay. over two seventy. Jay, over, over. Like probably two eighty ish. Even after losing Come fifteen on, bro. pounds, I'm five eleven and I'm like two twenty. There's just no way that dude. Yeah, but you're all muscle, is, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. And Zion might only be like four inches taller than you. <laughs> For all we know, he might be one of those six three power forwards. I'm thinking about like defensive ends in football, and right. they're all about like 285, 290, and they're not as tall as he is, f- yeah, for the most part. So, and he's just as big as those guys. So, I'm I'm going over over 270. Are you making sure. a Lawrence Taylor comp for Zion Williamson? Ooh, I mean that sounds about right, Lawrence Taylor, the young young Javon Curse. Oh yeah, the freak. Um, Young Javon Curse. I, I remember reading stories about Javon Curse's hands, and they were just like <laughs> like seven feet long each. <laughs> that, that's, Man, I haven't thought about Javon Curse about a Javon long Curse. time. Javon Curse was he was a problem. That guy, that guy was amazing to watch. Um, all right, so Dave went under two sixty five. I'm saying I'm saying two seventy. Two seventy is okay, about say, where I would stick it. Man, you know what? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving the beignet of the doubt. I'm going under. <laughs> By the way, this oh would be compelling television. 267. Oh, my God. A weigh-in of Zion the, and LeBron? Yeah. If they were doing height and weight as guys were coming into I'd the be, facility, yeah. I'd watch. That'd be great for Vegas and ESPN. <laughs> oh, my God. Joel, Joel yeah. Embiid checks, checks onto the scale and just starts chirping Zion across the room. I would, <laughs> I would – and I also could see – I could see Joel like, like hiding you know, ankle weights or something. You know, so he gets on there and we tips the scales and everyone's like, oh, my God, he came back. He's too big. And then he just takes the ankle weights off and you see the scale drop dramatically and he starts like playing to the crowd and everything. Like you could absolutely do this. The other part of that photo, Zion in a mask is terrifying. Like <laughs> the mask, the mask made that a far more badass photo yeah, I mean, than it, it would have been. There were some bad It was just sure. Zion. Yeah. Oh, hope like, he don't he go like to the Bane, supermarket in Louisiana you know? with that thing. Oh, 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 that oh could boy. Get, oh, boy. You know. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I think with that, we should end it. That uncomfortable note. Uh, check out theathletic.com <laughs> slash daily ding. You get a 30-day trial. Free 30 days for The Athletic. You get all the fantastic writing. You get the coverage of the Celtics from Jay King. You get David Aldridge. You get Sam Amick, Shams Charania. Uh, you get this young up-and-coming writer who's just fantastic, Zach Harper. You get Ethan Strauss. You get all these. You get uh, Big Waz. Waz writes. It's a, it's a new Waz It's It's Waz writes. Waz, what do we have the in the big cooker? Sommelier. The big sommelier. The big sommelier. I'm not. I don't um, like that. We have uh, something about that. I, I, I don't want to spoil it here, but something about the NBA coming back. Okay. That, um, I'm working on, and it's gonna have a movie tie into it. Ooh. Um, and I think y'all will like it. Okay. So check that out. And uh, by the way, some some big exciting changes coming to this podcast platform on the Athletic, the Athletic Podcast Network, specifically around this show and a lot of the other shows on there. I'm excited about this news. I can't tell you. I can't tell you right now. Text me and I'll tell you. If you have my number and you're a listener to this, text me. I might tell you. Don't Slide text me. The DM. <laughs> Don't text Trey, <laughs> but text, text me. Hit, the, hit that Venmo. Hit that Venmo. Now, actually, that sounds illegal. Can I give away insider information for money? Is that it? 
That sounds you like a cannot. crime, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. your lawyer. You can't. Okay. That's right. So my lawyer, he's <laughs> advising me against it. This press conference is over. Check out The Athletic. Uh, subscribe to the Back to Back podcast. Go ahead and click that follow. You can comment on the episodes and uh, on the on the old app there or on the website. Let us know how we're doing. Tell us we're doing a fantastic job. Check out The Daily Ding. Check out Nerd She Wrote. Um, what do we got? We got House of Strauss, Hoops Adjacent, all that good stuff. Tampering, No Dunks. Check out the guys at No Dunks and congratulate them on their Webby Award. And uh, keep it locked on theathletic.com. I, I just want to point out Spencer Hawes looks like a Peloton superstar based on his Twitter. <laughs> I'm still on his Twitter page. I don't know why. <laughs> but he is, he just he cranks out some incredible workouts. I'm right. not going to lie. Spencer Hawes, he may be a replacement player option. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just Amir Johnson about. just got called up, so why not? Shouts to Westchester legend Amir Johnson.